0: So that's kind of where it happened and it just kind of snowballed into that and becoming KOL for various brands and ambassadors for others and things like that. But I think and they're the bits that actually made me happy because they they made me that not because of, oh, God, hate this arrogance, like who I am, because that's not I'm not that person. But the fact that knew that what I was going to give them was the truth.
1: Hi, I'm Adam Chatley, and this is the Beauty Business Podcast. It's a podcast for people who run a beauty or wellness business. Basically, if you provide treatments or services for your clients, then it's for you. Now, whether you're a skincare expert, a lash technician, a massage therapist, esthetician, permanent makeup artist, waxing specialist, whatever your area of expertise, if you'd like to have more prospects, more leads and more clients than you can handle, and if you'd like to be making more money whilst having more fun than you think should be legal, well, you're in the right place. So whether you're starting out or you've been in the industry for years, I'm going to be giving you the lowdown on the tools, strategies, techniques and systems That will help you. Plus, I'll be offering some inspiration and philosophization to ensure you start having more fun. And more importantly, you're making more money in your beauty business as quickly as possible. We're proud to now have over 1 million downloads worldwide and hundreds of five-star ratings and reviews. This is the podcast specifically for independent beauty business owners. So if you want to check out all the episodes, the guides, the downloads, the links, and the giveaways, or you want to say hello and maybe ask a question, just head to beautybusinesspodcast.com. Welcome wholeheartedly to this episode of, let's face it, your favorite beauty business podcast. Cunningly, called The Beauty Business Podcast. Now, an incredibly short intro today because we've got a cracker of an episode for you, packed, stuffed to the brim with amazing information and one or two hilarious anecdotes, far more interesting and useful to you than listening to me ramble on right now. Now, today we're gonna be getting under your skin. We're gonna be talking all about the business side of skin, why it's so hot right now, how you can get in on it, and the steps you need to take to do it, and all of that good stuff. And I am joined by a very special guest to discuss this with. Now, there are not many people globally that know as much about skin, know as much about helping people with their skin, and... Are so passionate about the education around skin for their clients and also the education of those that deal with skin, as my guest today. Feels like I'm saying skin a lot, but I guess that's kind of inevitable in this sort of episode. Now, I would normally do a bit of an introduction here, but I'm going to leave that to Andrew in the episode because he has, quite honestly, one of the most interesting and fascinating career journeys that I think I've ever heard. And it's going to be much better coming from him. But if you are in the business of skin, if you're an esthetician or a skin professional already, or you're even half thinking about specializing in skin for your clients, then this slightly extended episode is a must listen for you. So let's get into it. Cool. Okay. So I want to welcome to the show today. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to introduce with a funny story. So I bumped into today's guest at a beauty conference recently. And when you're on a stand, you tend to have a of a life-size cardboard cutout of you looking like James Bond and it was the morning it was the second day of the event and it was the morning and I guess they'd had the awards the night before and someone who shall remain nameless admitted to me that they were a little bit jaded in the morning and they may have walked up to your cardboard cutout and asked it a question thinking it was a real person <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, I shan't say who it is, Victoria. Um, but uh, we have the real thing, not the cowboy, we have the real <laughs> thing today. So I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Andrew Hansford. Thank you very much for for taking the time to spend with us today.
0: Thank you, Adam. It's, it's really nice to be here. Thank you for asking me.
1: No, no problem at all. So um, we are talking, or going to be talking about mainly, we're going to talk about a bunch of things. It turns out you are a, a man of many talent and in, talents and interests, but we're mainly talking about skin, you know, the business of skin. Mm-hmm why be in skin, uh, why it's so important, all those kind of things. But before we dive into that, you know, how did you, what's, you I, I can only imagine your your bio is very interesting, but how did you get into working
0: with skin? Oh, my God. Um, cliff notes. Um, <laughs> well, about 200 years ago, I used to right. model. Um, and it's almost like life repeats itself or you're, you get put on a pathway that you don't really know is happening. So when I was modeling, I, I really had a hard time with it. So I used to see a lot of girls had, and boys actually who had really bad skin. They mm-hmm. were given prescription drugs without even questioning it because they could get it wow. from God knows where, very dodgy industry. <laughs> um, and they were putting all this stuff on them and it was like three pounds of makeup, drama. There was no care. There was no how to deal with it pre and post. So they all ended up, even people who didn't have acne with really bad skin because of the amount of stuff they were putting on, cross-contamination, all of this kind of stuff. So that was always there, and it was something that bothered me. And then I went there to university straight from there. So I studied um, at UCLA and UCSF, studying um, aesthetics and medicine to a certain degree um focusing on that because they had relative um certain courses that were available at that time i'm not sure if they do anymore um, then i then i started doing um placements with some really big dermatologists in los angeles and that kind of stuff and it, it just my interest peaked and i think that was because of what i did historically and then mm-hmm. thinking oh my god there are actually quite there are a lot of ways to fix this but the world is full of marketing and lies, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) prescription drugs, and every possible connotation, and at the time, Botox had just hit the world, and people were still scared to death of it, and they all thought it was a poison, so that was all happening, all at the same time, Um, and the more I studied skin, the more I thought, this is the most incredible thing, like the other organs, yeah, of course, we love them, they're very helpful, but... Yeah, the kind of useful, but the skin, like the fact it was, it was the only one that regenerated. It was the only one that showed you visually what was going on with it. Mm-hmm. But we, but as an industry as a whole, we spend most of our time fixing the visual problem when the actual condition's internal. So I started studying like cellular biology. Don't get me started. I'm not that clever, but (laughs) in, in relationship to the cellular structure of the skin. And suddenly I was like, oh my God, this is really cool. Like a lot of this can be done with other things. Anyway, then I left America after 12 years, came back to the United Kingdom and was kind of like, so what do I do now? Do I like finish the degree, which unfortunately, long story, wasn't transferable. So it was a bit of a meltdown for a while there, and it didn't mm-hmm. quite have to do because I've spent three years in the states studying this, and you know thought the last year in England would be amazing. I was like in my brain thinking <laughs> this is great because I've got the, all the American stuff and I have got the e- English stuff. It wasn't transferable. Now it is twenty years later, unfortunately, but a bit late for me because I've obviously forgotten everything I learned all those years. <laughs> um, uh, but what I, but, but what it did do is it pushed me into education i didn't right. want to um that i realized all the things i had done in life i'd ended up teaching it or they'd always yes. pick me to teach it and and at the time i was like why But I just did it um and obviously it, it must have shown that there was this is probably something that i was very inherently good at i suppose i don't know mm-hmm. and then i ends up teaching a little bit and then um i used to teach a lot initially it was medics and then I started teaching as beauty therapists, and I just thought, "Wow, you know, they are a font of knowledge. Mm -hmm. They know an incredible amount, but they're not treated with the respect they deserve." Definitely. And a lot of the training that they're doing is Dickensian, (laughs) Um, (laughs) and the other training they're doing is brand, which I also don't agree with. So I was like, "You're kind of they're kind of stuck in a really awkward box because." if you come out of college and you've been given this basic education, it's long and it's heavy, like A&P is really hard, and I do know that, And so, mm-hmm. but the actual skin part is very small, tiny, yeah. almost non-existent. Yeah. And then they go out and they do a, a brand training with a specific company, and then they're blinkered to that company, yeah. and then they move on to another one, and then that company will tell the one they used before is rubbish and now it is better, and then you end up in this complete carnage whereas i thought why can't people teach it from the respect of the skin i don't care about the brand that comes Mm -hmm. later if you Mm -hmm. understand the skin you 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 won't even need to you probably wouldn't even need to study the brand you just know it by what's inside the ingredients inside the bottle so that that's kind of what i started doing and it ended up being very niche because no one else did that Mm -hmm. and but it's what i love you know and it's bespoke and individual and you know no, 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 one training day is the same as you can imagine. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where it happened, and it just kind of snowballed into that, and becoming KOL for various brands and ambassadors for others and things like that. But it, I think, and they're the bits that actually made me happy because they 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 made me that not because of oh god, hate this arrogance, like who I am, because that's not I'm not that person. But no. the fact they knew no, that what I was going to give them was the truth
1: and and this is i said this just when we were chatting before i think that the one thing that i love about you is there's no fence sitting going yeah. on you people know very clearly where you stand on any any topic that happens to come up
0: yeah i do try but it doesn't last long
1: so that's your story and now you head up uh, ach aesthetics and uh-huh. you teach and like you say you're an ambassador and you're uh at every event going uh which is amazing. So the b- business is going well.
0: Let's say it's going okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's scary for all of us. You know, yeah. it's you know we've we've just come out of this awful situation. You know, the pandemic is still with us, mm-hmm. and now with the cost of living and everything else that's happening. And of course, me being me, has to rent a building in the middle of Tower Bridge. Right, in the middle of the <laughs> can't do anything normal. So yeah, I'm scared. But it's it, no, I am. I'm happy. It's, it is doing okay. You know, good. Just, so that I'm very grateful for that
1: awesome so from a from a business point of view then and, and it's it's funny i found myself working with a lot more skin professionals recently than sort of the general gamut of of beauty business owners um, um to me it seems to be something that even though it's been around for a a long, a long time obviously skin has been around forever but um as a as a part of the beauty industry focusing on skin has been around for a long time but it seems to be getting more um I don't know what the right word. Not more common, but sort of a lot more people are going and focusing on skin. So, why why do you think that is? First of all, why is skin and focusing on skin something that uh, someone listening might be interested in, kind of getting more into and specialising in? And why do you think it's becoming more? Uh, recognized as a as a part of the industry
0: well i think i know this question actually because of the amount of people i've trained like literally the last three years actually um because beauty therapist was so pigeonholed Mm -hmm. for so long and they would come out of college and whoever usually whoever they worked for you'd have to do everything from manicures and pedicures to waxing to facials so you were like you know a bit of everything and you can't be it's like the master of none isn't it you you can't be good at everything um and because aesthetics has kind of become enormous now hmm. with i mean obviously the botox and fitters are one side of the coin but they're non-regenerative so you know however much they've got their place in the industry we want regenerative medicine meaning permanence yep. so they were looking at the brands they were using and there were things like that and i think well you know this isn't giving me the results i'm looking for this isn't you know and it's all about sales and i really only care yep. about skin i don't care about doing waxing or doing a pedicure so they all lots and lots of them like not necessarily retrained but maybe retrained with people like me or like me who who it's all non-biased education to focus on that and they because skin the word skin specialist didn't exist you know maybe 5 or 6 years ago really right um, and I'm so grateful that they've, they have this title now. So what it basically that says is I am a skin specialist. That's what I do. I do not do all of the other things. So it means that they can focus on that one area. And as their education increases or as their time in the industry increases, they can start cherry picking from brands. They can mm-hmm. use different pieces of equipment to get these desired results, which are all regenerative, rather than spending all their time on one thing becoming extremely good at it and skin therapists are phenomenal
1: yeah and do you think this is it, has it in any way been driven by the consumer do you think it's people are, are sort of kind of over now the 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 sort of slightly more around the edges sort of nice smelling creams and everything and they actually want specific results do you think the consumers got more educated in their demands
0: you mean the fluffy facial yeah the fluffy um, fl- facial. Fluffy facial is disappearing. I mean, there is a place mm-hmm. for it. Spas, you know, it, you know, the facial massage, all that stuff is off the scale, fabulous. Mm-hmm. But yes, you are absolutely right. Consumers are seeing it in press, um, on social media. It's everywhere, and they're looking about more of a long-term goal. Right. Yeah. And any any therapist will know that those particular faces facials don't have a long-term goal. They're they're really mm-hmm. a beautiful, gorgeous experience. Um. So the consumers come in asking for things like needling, mesotherapy, and peels as standalone individual treatments. And you yeah. can't do that brand-related because it normally has to come as a, come as a whole package. Mm-hmm. So they would then have to learn more about what the protocol of needling is or mesotherapy or, or whatever, um, and then incorporate them into their own. And then literally creates their own facials or packages or treatments um and that's why I think they got terribly overly excited because it's like, oh wow, I'm like a bit of a you know, mad professor here. I can mix and match, I can do com- combinations.
1: And of course then you decommoditize yourself. You're not you're not comparable with the other someone down the road who's selling Alamis products or or whatever. You're absolutely you're yeah. selling a different thing. Okay. Okay,
0: that makes sense you so, come across as, as a different person because you're not saying you haven't got an entire brand behind you yeah <laughs> um they're just doing the treatment and then they okay okay you can I need just take this one and this one and they can all be different places to get this end result which is this per, we're looking at permanence now and regenerative not yep. just because it looks pretty and smells nice in my bathroom cabinet
1: perfect so I've got a, a lot of I've got some clients who've transitioned into kind of focusing on skin. I imagine there's probably quite a lot of uh people who trained as, as you've said, the sort of jack of all trades beauty therapist. Uh-huh. No, first of all, I think we, we said we wanted to bust some myths. Is is getting into and focusing on skin, is it expensive?
0: It doesn't have to be. Um there are companies out there that will charge you a small fortune. Right. But they still don't target skin it's like levels of education that will have a bunch of stuff in it that mm-hmm. two thirds of it you are not going to need Right, you just want that focus and I would just say no and, and actually no it doesn't have to be expensive if, you, if you're looking to study just the element of, of skin itself like I've got an AMP course I know there's a couple of other people but they are literally only about skin there is no right. bone sinew tissue involved because okay. we don't deal with that so what's the point? completely. And then there's also a lot of other things that a lot of th- some therapists are doing this. Now there's a bucket load of free education loads. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, and I am working on this cause, and I think they are too certain amount at the beauty shows. Yes. The, the level of education has increased definitely. Um, mm-hmm. but the medical shows too, which they are more than welcome to attend and yep. you know, there's lots of stuff. there. Now it's free. So you're, you're going to get to me and listen to some incredible speakers who've been around forever on different levels. So, you know, the, the skin is multi, multi-complex, multifactional. It's, it's, it's insane. So you've got one doctor who might be talking about cellular histology. You've got another one who's talking about melanoma and pigmentation. And another one's talking about rosacea. And these are all free. And you're putting all this together, and suddenly your levels are getting you're really learning as opposed to spending thousands on Mm -hmm. a specific course that in actual fact you'll come out going, well, I kind of knew most of that already.
1: (laughs) So I mean, that that leads into a great next question. So would that be your your advice for someone who is kind of thinking, well, I want to specialize in skin, but I don't really know where to start?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, things I would... I'm so rubbish when it comes to you know selling myself. So if they wanted to call me, rock on. I'm like, no, turn up to Ace. This person's on, this person's on, this person's on. Go mm-hmm. to professional beauty, this one, this one, and this one. Go and, go and listen to them. And if they give you that, if they inspire a passion in you to want to know more, then yep. come back and let's talk. Perfect. I love that.
1: Now... I do want to talk about because I know this is a subject you're really passionate about. I want to talk about education for a second, without disappearing off on a on a on a, on a terrible tangent. We could probably do an entire episode on, but uh-huh. I, I, I loved your take, and I know it. I know this varies around the world, so I, you know, if you're listening in different parts of the world, this could be different where you are. But let's just say, if you're, what do you, what qualifications do you actually need to start working and specialising in skin?
0: Level three. Level three of cal accredited level three. Yeah, okay, perfect. Now I'm sure there's there's equivalents of that around the world. uh, uh yeah, and um, there's there's a few. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I think the the crux is there's a lot of misinformation about there that, that you have to be degree level higher qualified before you can start working on skin, and I think that's that's kind of the point I've picked up from you is that that's not necessarily the case.
0: No. Um, and yeah, I would have to be careful here. <laughs> also, not to go on for the next two and a half hours. But the it has changed and it will be changing. Legislation is coming in. But yes. what I want and and I'm fighting, kicking and screaming for at the moment is for people to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I definitely agree with the legislation. But I also think they should leave the beauty therapist alone. Right. Because beauty therapists have done their Bit they've got their yeah. level three they've put their time in but there's an enormous faction out there who've done a one-week course and tattooing an eyebrow and doing botox the next day they yeah. are the ones who need to be targeted and make sure they have their original qualification which most of them don't and they're also the reason why a lot of the time we get into trouble yeah so but the other one is the four five six and sevens are <sighs> so if i wanted to do a level seven because mm-hmm. I have done degrees in the in the past, I don't understand this bit. This is where I, when I came into the, edu- into the education pathway and started writing my courses, I rooted, wrote it the only way I knew how, which mm-hmm. was via a degree format. Yeah. So the learning outcomes, all that kind of stuff. So I have written at level, level six and level seven. It's a bachelor's and a master's. The master's have been running for the last four years, but wow. I don't talk about it. Okay. I don't even need to talk about it. All I wanted was my courses to be underpinned by the by that, which is above off mm-hmm. Um But if a person does that level seven, they get a master's. Wow. Why, okay. would I do a level, why would I do a level seven and not get one? Yeah, that seems sensible. To me in my head, I'm like, this is and a level six as well. So you've got this level six. So you're going to get this level six. It's huge work, huge money. And then you've got a piece of paper from an awarding body. I want mm-hmm. a piece of paper. I want a cap and gown. Thanks. I want Absolutely. pictures. You know,
1: that's the outside bit. of our industry, hardly anyone understands what a level six is. Whereas, no. internationally, people
0: know what a degree, what a master's. It's about, yeah, is. exactly. And if you, I've said, I say this to everyone who asks me the question: just go to Ofcal and on the front page of their website, it gives you the pathway of education, and it actually comes oh, out level five. <laughs> level five is kind <laughs> of your. It really does. I didn't do a level five. That's your, do I have everything? Um, Have I got the right units to get to level six? There might be a couple you need to do, but it's almost like you jump over it. So level four, level six, level seven, level eight, PhD. And you just go right through it. It's like that. It's this perfect thing. And it tells you exactly what each one means. So they are following the right guidelines. Yes. The level, the education standpoint will be fine. Yes. Um, But I'm, but it won't necessarily be needed. Got that's, it. The, that's the whole um because you've got to look at a you know a Pelling education history of the in- industry how long you've been doing it what your what your previous education was and like if, if you do a degree you can do, do a degree in physics then do another one in i don't know horticulture <laughs> and part of that original degree will be transferable yeah
1: which makes no sense well, no, why would that be the
0: case? But they, they go because you've done this much education, you've done this much you know, you know what you're doing, we can miss out the first maybe first couple of modules. And that, that happens in medicine and it happens in a legitimate degree, and it should happen in this industry as well. Got it. So yes, what you've done.
1: Cool. So next question. Um <laughs> let's not mention any brands, let's not let's not have some uh, some lawyers on the phone, but are there yeah. right now where we are, we're recording this March 23. Um, are there any fads that you see going on that you think people should either, either, you know, embrace, get on board with, or avoid like the plague? Oh dear God,
0: why have you asked me that? Um, <laughs> well, you know what, actually, this year at Pressure and Beauty, I was quite impressed. A lot of the fads had kind of disappeared and I think that goes on to what your earlier question was about the therapists being a bit more clued up now. Mm. They're, they're looking at this going, nah, you know that is just pie in the sky. How can that possibly happen? You yeah. know, and the, you know, with the le, le, not just the legislation within the industry, but the legislation, true legislation, actually legal legislation, because the other stuff isn't. Um, the HMRC. So no, that's that's the other people, isn't it? um like people demanding um fda and yes. ce class three medical devices all of that kind of stuff that's what people now ask in the questions a few years ago they never asked does yeah. it have a ce yeah. and please yeah. give me the clinical data to back it up so all the ones that don't have that have kind of disappeared so oh, okay at, they really have like on mass because they are demanding it now. Um, it happened at ACE three years ago when they, when they, mm-hmm. the government came in and demanded to see. It. They got their twenty-four hour notice to to provide this information. And when I turned up at ACE, half the build, half the building was missing. <laughs> 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 that was telling. It was very telling. And believe me, some of the people that weren't there were quite kind of shocked me because just assumed they would. But anyway. So, and it's happening with the beauty industry too. So, they they really are MRHA. That's what I was looking at. MRHA, track. yes. Um, and they're they're a very powerful organisation. So they, they can right. take you down. So they want to know what's going on now. So they're really, they're really because of the insurance claims, all that kind of stuff. So some of those people have kind of disappeared out of the, the market. If if the um, fatty facials and those sorts of things are there, then many of those have disappeared as well. I have to say, mm-hmm. because once again, people want want results. And that the industry has kind of stepped up. So things like mesotherapy has become massive now. Um, I think that's thanks to me actually because I'm so gobby about it. Um, <laughs> and I was going to say, I,
1: I, whenever anyone mentions mesotherapy, there's like your head, you're
0: just kind of pops <laughs> into my head. There yeah, like it should be your picture in the dictionary next to it. Totally, <laughs> i will be up for that. Um, but meso's taught in people schools, so how can you argue with it? You know what I mean? Um, yep. And even needling, needling has been around for a really long time now, but it's still the most popular course because, and again, no judgment, but most people who do needling, it's brands training. So it's about how their device works. And that's actually not the case. So that's now started to be done correctly, which it wasn't done for many, many years. Peel gone mental. So Mm. I think it's, thank God, and it's got nothing to do with me. I'm just being extremely, extremely grateful that people have come back to basics. You know, the things like peels, needling, meso, RF, LED, they're the only five things I would actually consider because they're, okay. they're the that's five things that are medically proven and are used right. medically in hospitals.
1: So it's like it's like our industry is, or this section of the industry has kind of gone through that initial cowboy phase. Uh, yeah. And and now the, the, the things that are real are the things that are lasting. So, so that's good yeah. news. So touching on, on brands then, if, if so, someone's kind of gone through the, the process. They've got the basic education, um, they kind of know it's for them. They're lighted up by it. How how does someone choose a brand to work with?
0: Uh, that's a really good question, actually. My, oh, I'm going to be hated. So first and foremost, avoid the beauty brands, okay. um, and not not because I'm ditching them, but again, this is something I didn't understand either. If you go to buy a medical brand or a more aesthetic brand, there's no opening mm-hmm. order none just yeah, by okay. one one tube of cleanser but in the beauty industry you have to find thousands sometimes yeah. and okay. i think that's, that's very, naughty, very naughty um because you're you're taking on this huge brand that you don't know you're not even 100 percent sure if it's something you want because you've got to play with this stuff for a while yeah um but i do believe that there are certain brands who are actually changing their philosophy on that now that they're giving you mm-hmm. either very small opening orders or allowing you to cherry pick and the really good skin specialists are way better than me at this, believe me, because I'm not in clinic very often. So they've got like maybe five, six brands, like one of this, one of that. And some of them are beauty brands, some are more medical brands. It's just stuff that they've learned by and and and, and love. So I would go down the line of uh, there's certain companies out there that I absolutely admire who use some really high-end products. And you and have like four brands under their umbrella and there's no opening order. Amazing.
1: We can, and, we can name those if you want to. I'm happy to talk
0: about them. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Aesthetic source. Lorna Bose is an absolute, she's an aesthetic nurse, and she is just the most incredible human being. And what she doesn't know about skin isn't worth knowing. But okay. She has some phenomenal product brands that, that span right across the spectrum from a really beautiful spa brand, which is still high end, mm-hmm. um, right up to some very clinically led brands, and they can all be used by therapists as well right okay so different levels Fair. of education different and the education is really high so she she doesn't because of her background spend hours talking about just the brand it's is the understanding of why you're using it and everything else and she would be more than happy if you to cherry pick because that's what she does
1: yeah and i and i figured that was going to be your answer because it's like you know surely no one brand has everything perfect so no, if you want no, to give the best not. result yeah. you yeah know, pick from each one love that great that's a great answer thank you very much um cool so uh is there anything because i want to talk about a couple of other things that i know you've got going on at the moment anything else that we kind of missed on that kind of introductory thing To you know why should you maybe really focus on looking at skin in your business is there anything
0: else that we missed out um i don't think so i just you know i i just see so much passion around the skin mm. professionals so much passion and excitement and I get texts all the time with look what I've done, look what I've done. And they've managed to help someone with rosacea or acne or you know, some yeah. quite difficult things. And I'm just like, my pride goes up for these people. And <laughs> you know, because historically that would have always been usually clinically led, you know, with usually yeah. prescription drugs and that kind of stuff. And you don't need any of that. If you know what you're doing, you don't need it. Um worst you know, worst case scenario possibly. But you really don't need it. There's some unfathomable products out there that can do similar things. And I just go, oh my God, I'm so incredibly proud of you. And they've got these huge yeah. smiles and, and you know the <laughs> client happy. It's really anything to do with skin as a organ is about passion. Yeah. Totally. Amazing.
1: Okay. So what is what what's kind of your passion at the moment? What are you working on next?
0: What am I doing? Oh my God, I'm doing all sorts of this. well I'm I'm thinking of doing a setting up a an online uh, platform, mm-hmm. um, which I've been thinking about for a while, but I've never really understood that you know paying me to do something. I, it just it's just really weird. And there's many people who have this out there mm-hmm. where they you, know, you have clubs and those sorts of things. Um, so it's taken me about three year three years to figure this out. So right. it's be like, this this probably sounds slightly weird, but I wanted to be like the GMC of the beauty industry. So okay. If, the, but it's not about, you know, me popping up doing random things. It's it's going to be a place where everything is stored. So white papers, clinical trials, in vivo and in vitro studying, um, hmm. legal advice, um, health and safety advice, all the right places to go. And there's all the questions that I've been asked for years. I don't know. It's, it's just confusing. Like insurance, yeah. like literally all of that and having the best players in the industry taking part in it to be able to, if there's a question, we would have the answer, yeah. like the un- the
1: unbiased resource centre. Yeah. Oh, that's quite. Oh, I like that. We'll you steal it.
0: Um, you Yeah. <laughs> <.com>. yeah. <laughs> that kind of. Thing. So it's like a subscription thing, but not not expensive. I just want someone to be able to go. Oh, I need a clinical study on peels. Well, there's gonna be like okay. thirty of them. So Perfect. they'll be able to pick one and and then d- and read that because if you read a clinical study, what else do you need? You know, it's at yeah. Oxford, got the the back, Cambridge, Harvard, mm-hmm. yeah, all that.
1: And of course, you got the new academy that you mentioned uh, in London.
0: Yep, the new academy. I'm um, loving um, the filming location for the movie Oliver. How can you not love that? Um, oh, really? Yeah, that's why I got it because I'm weird. That's that was yeah, <laughs> that was the selling point. <laughs> yeah, I just called him up and said yes. I didn't even see it at that point
1: amazing so i have to ask was it was it the location that came first or was it the idea of the academy or did you go oh i've got a building now i need to do something in it
0: location okay (laughs) completely the wrong way around i mean it's been in my brain for ages but i'm thinking that's it's really money it's money and can i afford it and but to be honest it was it it, it was there was no choice really i i had to do to, to to step up and I didn't. No disrespect to that side of London, but I really didn't want West London anymore. I'm okay. completely tired of it, and I've always loved the proper sort of the Earth, you know, Tower Bridge area. It's still, it's still got that kind of old-fashioned mentality, and um, it's beautiful. There's a pub on every corner. They haven't gone, you know. They're still okay. there. Um, so I love it, and that's where you do most of your teaching now. Oh, most of the teaching comes out of there. Yeah.
1: Amazing. So we'll put, we'll put details of all this in the show notes. So if anyone wants to find out more about Andrew and and the Academy, you can do that. Now there's a couple of other things I want to touch on because when when we were kind of talking about this episode, you mentioned you've written a book. Oh Um, God. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, I, when you said you've written a book, I 100% thought it was going to be on skin, but it's not. So tell us a, what it is and b how that came about.
0: Oh, wow. Just another three hours. Okay, again, that's how, right, very quickly, um, I used to live in the States, as you know, and mm-hmm. I knew a very a very good friend of mine was best friends with the partner and business partner and life partner of a guy called William Trevier who designed and created all of Marilyn Monroe's looks. In fact, he's responsible for making her who she is. I yeah. always knew this person existed, but I really didn't care. Mm-hmm. didn't care about her, didn't care about any of that, was so, like, eh. Um, and then I came back to England and like 15 odd years later, he called me up to say, this guy has Alzheimer's. I was like, oh my God, that's so sad. You know, mm-hmm. you know bless his heart and everything. And he said, yeah, but he hasn't got any money. Because um, obviously healthcare over there is obscene. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, tell him to sell something. Like he's sitting on original Marilyn Monroe dresses and sketches and like all this stuff. And he went, he won't sell them because he wants to make his business partner who's who died of cancer in the 80s or 90s um a household name he wants to put it on a, in a museum and i went, "Well, that's an incredibly lovely idea but if he hasn't got any money then we need he needs to do something mm-hmm. and i said put it on exhibition um because i assumed wrongly that she's a massively massive gay icon she's not mm-hmm. she's a straight yeah. icon. um because okay. i knew nothing about this Right. So, and he went, what a brilliant idea. Put it on a bit of exhibition, you know, make some money for Alzheimer's charity and for him. And cut very long story short, he decided not to do that, but for me to do that. (laughs) I honestly couldn't make it up. (laughs) He literally couldn't make it up. So the next thing you know, I'm in my, I had a salon at the time in Brighton and I'm on on this Zoom call or what it was then with a DHL man on the other side of it watching them pack all this stuff and then 24 hours or 48 hours later the same man arrived in my shop it was all, it was all like insurance and legal stuff like it was I right. okay, so weird i don't understand any of this is what's happening and then i was like oh thanks and i pulled all the stuff out and in there was marilyn's seven year dress the white one that blew up and the wow. pink and, and i and that's when i went oh my god wow this is special i I know nothing and uh one of my best friends is a pr agent and she said so and in my naivety Mm -hmm. massive naivety i assumed that um um charity was free right didn't Mm -hmm. get around the fact you only get like two percent of anything you do because everyone Mm -hmm. makes you know loads of money so i got I went, I said, okay, well I've got to do what I told him, what, I, what he asked. So I, I went I went running down the front street in Brighton, got to the Hilton, I went, I need the ballroom for free for five days. And for some somewhere they they said yes. So I've got the ballroom, i got security, I got lighting, I got dummies, i got everything for free. And then my my um, but then again in in retrospect, it's Marilyn, right? I mean, how can they yeah, not yeah. they could yeah. they could eat out of that marketing? Mm-hmm. So my best friend, who's a friend who's PR said, um, okay, I'll do a little bit of PR for this. See if we can get some bums on seats so you can make some money for Bill and blah, blah, blah. Um, and she said to me the night before, don't go out, get prepared. You need to be nice and wide, wide awake because the, the press launches at nine o'clock. I was like, yeah, whatever. So of course I went out. Yeah.
1: So you took that about, Yeah, absolutely. Totally yeah, you would.
0: And I'm, I'll never forget it as long as I live. I was walking down the main, the front towards, towards the hotel from home. And I saw Channel 4, Channel 5, ITV, BBC, outside. Wow. I lost it. So I just (laughs) ran around the back, um, called her and went, I can't do this. I cannot do this. I know nothing. I do not even know when the woman died. I know nothing. (laughs) to do. (laughs) Like, not a fan. am now, but for a whole different reason. Not a fan. Don't care. Like, This is for charity. Why do they need me? Why do I need to talk? This is purely visual. Come and see it. Isn't it lovely? Pay me money. And I can give it Mm -hmm. to the old Simon's charity. Anyway, they demanded a press call and they demanded me. So what I did was, which is one of my only strokes of brilliance, I called Bill and it was like the middle of the night in the States. I went, Bill, I'm I'm standing in front of like a bunch of people. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. You knew Marilyn really well for 20 years. You know everything about her. Can you please talk? He went, of course I will, darling. Like that. So I put him <laughs> on speakerphone. I just said, this is the man you want to hear. And he just started telling these amazing anecdotes about Rowling. And they ate it up. So I got away with it. Um, and nice I, short, um, I went back to the States to meet him properly. And I went, and this is where anyone who's in this world would have just had a complete cardiac arrest. But he has three bedrooms in his house and each one of the cupboards, typical American. Um, huge, huge, huge walk-in closets. And were packed to the rafters with costumes and dresses that he just left there. So he all of all the costumes from Dallas. Um thornbirds. I mean, just obscene. So I was like, Oh my god, so was (laughs) that um took everything home. I mean, there's so many stories um that I could talk about this and you know, things that went horribly wrong and things that went brilliant, but um, then I did Bath Costume Museum, which is basically the feather in the cap. That was, mm-hmm. because it's the biggest costume museum in the United Kingdom. So I did that. Yeah. And it was, it was even to this day, the largest attendance of any exhibition ever done. Amazing. Amazing. But once again, that's such, to do with me, it was an incredible
1: they, story. And, the, and
0: well, then you wrote the book. Well, only, that's, I'm nearly done. And that's what they asked me was to do, to talk. And I said, no. And they went, you need to. So I, I, what I did was, I talked about what I knew. So I walked around and talked about how the dresses were made from the diaries of the man that made them. So I found his diaries. So wow. I took his perspective um, and all the jokes and the laugh and all that kind of stuff. And Carlton Books happened to be there. And then they came oh. to me off and said, Could you put that in book form, please? And that's amazing. That's, I said, No. Excellent. I thought, I can't write a book. And they said, You just have. You just have. You Everything you just like verbally. <laughs> yeah went do out. that again <laughs> do that again on paper and then it then it became massive and you know the charity got lots of money for it and bill got what he got what his it? wish because trivia was became the household name that he always wanted
1: fantastic where's all that stuff now
0: oh don't get me started well there's a dodgy person involved in all of this that's a book on its own oh, we'll,
1: we'll, we'll not go down. that's just book number two <laughs> it's,
0: been it's been sold it was sold about 20 48 hours after his passing
1: right okay cool We'll hold on there. Now, the final thing I want to talk about is something you just mentioned when we were talking about, uh, uh, we had a call the other day, and I think it's so important, and this this story is uh, the new charity that you're kind of supporting. Um, tell us a little bit more about that, because I think, I think when you told me this, it was kind of both, like you say, heartbreaking and something so easy to do something about. So tell us about that, because I want to support that as much as I can.
0: Oh, bless you. Um, yeah, it's again, this just came out of nowhere. It was just a conversation that I was having with a friend of mine who works for center point which is uh, an amazing charity it's all over the country now but it used to be based in london the prince of wales is the patron and mm-hmm. the famous part is they always do a sleepover like out outside yeah. once a year they used to do it at Sound point but now now with health and safety they can't which is ridiculous so they now do it in a park and celebrities mm-hmm. turn up and all that kind of stuff so that's been doing that for years but they take um, homeless children and they they help them and support them, house them, do all of these things for, for a, a, an extended period of time, which is incredible, right? I've always been yeah. very very emotive thing. And they were, we were just having a conversation, and one of these women just said to me, who's head of this like little bit of the – I think it's the, the the part when they actually release them into the world. That's probably the wrong expression. <laughs> <that>. Allow them <laughs> back into the world where they've gone through all of this stuff and this education. And she said, you know, the heartbreaking thing is that I'm so proud of these kids that they've come so far. And then mm-hmm. as they leave the building to take on their whole new life, they're given all their worldly possessions in a trash bag. It's and just... I like broke down. I got a bit teary and I went, oh, you're joking. That could just send them right backwards in a way. You yeah. know, walking down the street in un- this unknown new world with a trash bag full of stuff. Yeah. And then we just went, oh, well, why don't we just help with this? So we're, we're doing an initiative, which should be happening in the next month or so, where people, I don't want money, because I think that's mm-hmm. done. So we're going to donate a back- backpack or a suitcase that can then be given to these kids when they leave. So it just gives them that little bit of support and confidence when they're, when they're leaving. So I'm actually going to be doing a press thing, or, a, or one of them is going to be about what I just talked about the book. Because there were right. parts of that book that are completely relatable to homelessness and all sorts of things and all of that. And also release information that I haven't released before. So that's the catch to get the press there. Right. Um, and then to get the um, some people to donate. And it, even when I told you, your reaction was amazing. But the other people i told too, companies have been fine, what do you need? How do you need? Yeah. It just, just that, yeah.
1: it's yeah, It's just, a very... I'm, tangible thing that you can immediately see can help and i think I that's, that's that was... what we all want um and everyone's got a a bag a suitcase of a, a rucksack a backpack something that they bought ages ago and either are not using or they've replaced and it's
0: yeah, yeah. completely completely and you know I, I just and it goes back to the the marilyn thing too is that i still think that charity should be free hmm. so i i actually don't go to events anymore where, you, where it's like a 500 pound ticket for a table and the only yeah. thing that goes to charity is like the little tiny silent auction well i'd want yeah. that whole 500 pounds ahead to go to charity That's otherwise my, what I is so that, that and also sense. money's tight and everyone all this sorts of things so other people have said things like that you know with um after after the um uh, that building disaster when everyone was homeless um the name of it's just gone sorry um they were providing bags with the basic things like sanitary things and, you yeah. know, clothes and shampoos, which they also wouldn't have. So yeah. I'm seeing this kind of expanding out a little bit into like giving these poor kids, you know, at this point, you know, everything they will need to start on their journey into life. And it won't really cost us anything. That's the thing that's so brilliant. Or, 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 or almost nothing if, the, yeah. if we don't have one, 20 quid from eBay for a suitcase. Yeah well I just we're mean, definitely going to support please. that thank so you
1: i will put links everywhere and as more information comes out like that we will signpost people towards that because i think that's such an amazing uh way that we can help people who who you know small small thing for us massive thing to them and i think that's totally that's and i, so I want well like, to have like
0: fun you. events throughout the country because the the the, the 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 places where these kids are supported is all over the united kingdom right. in different countries
1: i can only presume that this is the, whilst we're focusing on the uk here i can only presume that this same situation is all over the world so you know from, what, I'd is, what i'd love is this this starts a movement you know you movement. Start in the uk oh, and it the starts movement. a movement all across the world <laughs> I'm, I'm suddenly seeing people's people sending suitcases and backpacks to your house and you're just having them piled up
0: everywhere like that <laughs>
1: Andrew it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today thank you so much for spending the time with us I really appreciate it actually we've not mentioned the name of the book we've talked about the book for a while and we didn't actually mention the name so if you want to go and check out the book what is the name of the book? Uh, Dressing Marilyn Dressing Marilyn so we'll put links to that as well in the show notes so everyone can find it amazing thank you so much Andrew really appreciate the time Um, you are an inspiration as always and such a gent Uh, it's always a pleasure speaking to you thanks Adam Told you. How amazing was that? Who'd have thought in one episode we can run the gamut of skincare, education, Marilyn Monroe, charity, and backpacks. But honestly... I could have carried on chatting with Andrew for hours and by the sound of it, he'd have had stories to keep up. So if you'd like to find out more about Andrew, ACH Aesthetics, the new academy, the book or the charity initiative, then you'll find all the links that you need at the show notes pages at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 168. Now a huge thanks again to Andrew for taking the time to share his insight, to share his expertise. It's always fun when people have really strong opinions. And I'm so pleased he was able to share them with us today on the show. And with that episode, we are definitely back and we've got some more fantastic episodes lined up for you coming very, very soon. Now, that said, if there is a topic or a guest or a discussion that you'd like me to feature on the show, just pop me an email to adam at beautybusinesspodcast.com and you know what, we'll see what we can do. And also, if you have loved today's episode or last week's episode or an episode in the past and you've not yet left me a quick rating on the podcast app of your choice, please go and do that. It does let me know... uh, that, you know, what you like and what people respond to and potentially what you want to hear more of. And if you've got an extra minute, give me a review as well, because that tells me even more. So I'll be back again very, very soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to the beauty business podcast. My name is Adam Chatterley. And if you've enjoyed this show today, then you must make sure you don't miss another episode. Just click subscribe in whatever podcast application you are listening to this on to be notified when a new episode is released. And if you'd like even more help starting, growing, or scaling up your beauty business, then just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash help. And there are a number of resources right there to entertain, enlighten, and assist you in your business journey, no matter what stage you're at.